Are you ready for the end of the world? Well, at least spring. Uh, yeah. Let's 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 try to do what is it? Rewind. Rewind. Winter. <laughs> so, some back in winter for a day or two. Or someone three. was enjoying summer too much, so we had to go back to spring. Yeah. Well, we needed a reminder that you know, uh, seventy-five to eighty degree weather is not necessarily what it has to be in March. Sometimes it's in the forties. Sometimes it gets back down to freezing. I mean, well, it's kind of normal. Yeah. <laughs> it is March, right? Um, but it is like the first couple of days of spring, so yeah. Be prepared for that hot weather again. <laughs> I, I know some people were complaining, and it's your fault yeah. that it was too hot. Yeah, anyone who went outside during the nice period and said, you know, oh, it's too hot outside, that, that is why it got cold. <laughs> the weather is your fault. <laughs> I don't think we should tell our listeners that anything <laughs> is their fault. <laughs> yeah. But Well, actually, I actually am fine with this weather, too. You know, it's spring weather. I mean, it's early spring weather, but it is spring weather. Being in the 40s and rainy. <laughs> All right. Have you been paying attention to this nuclear bomb that might go off in uh, Japan? Yep. Um, for some reason, we have decided to plant, I like how we call plant nuclears around the nation to make electricity. How, how do we call them plants? I never understood how, you know... <laughs> I guess because they're planted, they're permanent. No, yeah. plants aren't permanent. Yeah, it's sort of the opposite of a plant. You know, like plants are alive and they are, you know, producing new life. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. Renewables are nuclear. Maybe we do have to choose. Debates over nuclear power in the U.S. tend to follow a certain course. The left says, no nukes, just renewables. The right says, screw renewables, a gazillion nukes. I don't think it's <laughs> that black and white. But then the sensible centrist nods sagely and says, we'll need both. But a new report claims that the nuclear path and the renewables plus efficiency path are in substantial tension. So we really do have to choose. This recent report from Henrik Boyle's Stuffing, a clean energy think tank, complicates the soothing conclusion. The report claims that the nuclear path and the renewables plus efficiency path are not complementary. In fact, they are in substantial tension. In short, the author's claims, we really do have to choose. And if you would like a copy of this report, please oop, join our email and we will send it out in our newsletter. Or, you know, if you missed the copy of this, we can send it to you. Info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Hmm. Yes, yeah, so I know a lot, a lot of people are focusing on what's going on uh, overseas and thinking, oh, you know, thank goodness that we're not in this situation ourselves. However, there are a lot of nuclear reactors uh, here in the U.S., and some of them are, in fact, in earthquake zones. So okay. that's uh, some food for thought. Uh, you know, you at least want to consider what may be going on in our country. Uh, as we watch with bated breath to see if Japan can dodge a nuclear catastrophe, nuclear-powered nations themselves have succumbed to heavy scrutiny over both policy and safety. The U.S. leads the pack in operational nuclear power reactors with 104 total and 32 additional re reactors used in research. Uh, France has 58, uh, Japan has 54, Russia 32, uh, South Korea, India, U.K., Canada, Germany, and the Ukraine 
uh, each have less than 20 reactors. So uh, it's some of these reactors are within range of uh, uh, earthquakes. And actually, in light of what happened in Japan, Germany has shut down all of its nuclear power plants that began in operation before 1980, seven total out of 20. So Yeah, but France and the U.S. don't have any plans to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they're avoiding that. Uh, let's see. Currently 104 plants in the U.S., like I said, 35 boiling water reactors, 69 pressurized water reactors, and that's 20% of the country's electricity. And uh, I'm, I'm proud to say that we in Illinois have the most nuclear power plants of any state, and we actually have, because of the San Madrid Fault, we have the worst recorded earthquake in the U.S., I think as far as deaths go. Yeah. I don't know. How do you record? I mean, if, if you have a really bad high-number earthquake, that's a high number, but that's not the worst if it's in an unpopulated area. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and I believe it wasn't the one here at a time when they hadn't yet inve- invented a good technology to uh, measure uh, the earthquake. Maybe, but I know it wiped out. It wiped the out, whole, yeah. The whole town of Murfreesboro, right? And, yeah. You know, it, other changed, towns. it changed the course of the, uh, the, the Mississippi, too. Yeah, so. <laughs> it was a really, really big earthquake. <laughs> and so there's, there's actually, um, oddly enough, two weeks before Japan was shaken by their um, 9.0 magnitude quake, 10 California lawmakers warned the U.S. Department of Energy that the state's of California's two nuclear plants are more susceptible to earthquakes than previously thought. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they're right on an earthquake fault. Apparently, you know, California is trying to keep from falling into the ocean (laughs) on a regular basis. Yeah. (laughs) So. Not a good place to build a nuke plant. Yeah, what's that that saying about how, you know, there's a nice, safe nuke plant, it's 93 million miles away, provides all the energy we need. (laughs) And there's... (laughs) Wait, oh, the sun. Uh, I'm slow this morning. Um, <laughs> You're the one who told me that saying. <laughs> um, there's an actual report that came out, um, efficiency first, 100% renewable energy by 2050 is possible, and then here's how we do it. And it's a very long, convoluted report, so I couldn't really draw out any specific information out of it, because it, it covers everything. Yeah. But the main thing that did draw my attention, in 2050, they say we'll be using 15% less energy than we are now. Mm-hmm. That's the only way it's possible to do it. Yeah. And the problem with that is most naysayers will say, well, then that will kill our economy. Huh. Well, the truth is, is we waste so much energy Yeah. that being more efficient means we be- get a better bottom line to a business. Yeah. You're wasting less energy, therefore you're making more money. Yeah, and there's a double benefit there because, number one, the, the businesses that cut down on their energy use will uh, save money. But then, number two, there's also this new uh, industry of energy efficiency, uh, you know, consulting, uh, energy efficiency products, you know, things that uh, do boost the economy. You know, so you're basically what you're doing is you're taking that money that's currently being poured into fossil fuels and pouring it into, you know, buying things like lighting that is less... That is more efficient, buying things like insulation. Buying things local. Yeah. 
keeps the money in the community and, you know, simulates the economy. Yeah. It's not like if you stop spending that money on fossil fuels, it's just going to go away. You spend it on something else. Yeah, it goes away into the atmosphere. Yeah. Well, that's what's happening now. If you stop spending it on that and start spending it on energy efficiency, then that will decrease the amount of energy we're using and help the economy. That's true. (laughs) All right. So I I like the sound of that report. Have you seen this video? Uh, yeah, I have. I've uh, shared this video with people. It's, uh, uh, but believe it or not, it's it's called it's a Japanese video that explains the nuke disaster uh, using poo as a metaphor. <laughs> uh, nuclear boy has a problem. He really, really has to poop. Will doctors be able to supply medicine quickly enough to keep his upset stomach under control? A new video attempts to put the Japan nuclear crisis in terms that kids can understand. You mean regular people? <laughs> yeah, all of us, everybody. And what's what? what that's, I find it interesting because it does actually explain what's going on, and it has a fair amount of detail to how it's explaining it. But it uses this this metaphor of you know, nuclear boy has an upset stomach, and they're afraid he's going to poo, but they're giving him medicine so that instead he just has uh, passes gas. <laughs> but pooping is a natural. Yeah, that it's nuclear it's power plants are not. You know the what comes out of a nuclear power plant is not natural. Has to be thrown thrown away, and there's no place to throw it. Yeah, well, that's and part of the video talks about having a diaper that <laughs> you can throw away and dispose of carefully. Uh, <laughs> it goes through the whole metaphor, and it's uh, uh, it makes the the one thing I like about this. Well, the one thing I like about it is that it's really strange and quirky, and I like some of those quirky videos. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is that it it creates. A, uh, a widespread idea of this metaphor of nuclear power as poo. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best marketing for the anti-nuclear uh, power uh, uh, movements that I've ever seen. Which is funny because it was intended as a, a, a pro, sort of pro-nuclear saying, oh, we've got everything under control. We're just feeding this kid some medicine. He'll be fine. <laughs> now, in the middle of this great tragedy that's happened in Japan, sadly, some people actually have found time to, well... Kick Japan. That's right. And I want to read you a little um, synopsis. Well, it's not a synopsis. This is actually what Rush Limbaugh says. A short transcript of how Limbaugh tried to tie the Gaia theory, recycling, and Prius manufacturing together. The caller calls in and said, I need some of your wisdom. I I want to say, oh, great one, but... That's not... Let me read it exactly how it says. Caller. I need some of your wisdom. I'm confused. At top of the first hour, you played a clip. Diane Soria, I believe, about the recycling that is still going on in Japan. Limbaugh. I did. You're right. Caller. If these are the people that invented the Prius, have mastered public transportation recycling, why did Mother Earth, Gaia, if you will, hit them with this disaster? Limbaugh. Well, that's an interesting question. The Japanese have done so much to save the planet. He's right. They've given us the Prius. Even now, refugees are still recycling their garbage, and yet Gaia levels them. Laughs. Just wipes them out. Wipes out their nuclear plants, all kinds of radiation. What kind of payback is this? That's an excellent question. They invented the Prius, in fact. Where Gaia blew up right where they make all those electric cars. That's where the tsunami actually hit. All those brand new electric cars sitting there on the lot. I like this way this guy is thinking. It's like it's like Gaia hit the Prius in. It's like they were in the crosshairs. If you, we can use that word, it does. What is Gaia trying to tell us here? What is the mother of environmentalism trying to say with this hit? 
Good observation there, caller. <laughs> Good observation. I don't even know where to like deconstruct the levels upon levels of idiocy that's going on in this call. <laughs> yeah. From the fun of tragedy to misunderstanding the Gaia theory by sticking anthropocentric notions of casualty and Western philosophical notions of retribution, it's just all stupidity to the highest order. So, Yeah, I guess, I guess the mistake number one is Rush Limbaugh speaking. <laughs> Mistake number two is the specific things he was saying. And, I mean, there's there's um, tons and tons of these in this news article about how, because, well, one of them was um, J- Japan still hunts whales, so the ocean decided to spew back on them because of their, you know, killing the whales. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why people have to come up with all these these mean things to say, you know. I mean, I, I guess... I don't know what it is about me. That's just not the first place my mind goes when people are suffering and dying, you know, asking why, why, what they did to deserve it. But I, I mean, I'm very fortunate that in my sort of immediate circle of friends and family and such, it was all supportive. It was all, you know, can we, is there some charity we can donate to? Is there, you know, something we can do to support the people of Japan? It, it just, it really, really gets me aggravated when people like Rush Limbaugh and other people start trying to blame for a natural disaster. Now, has your has the Japanese reactor crisis changed your view on nuclear power? Uh, me, it's uh, it has a little bit. I mean, I it's sort of been in the back of my head of like, oh, this could be, you know, this could be a problem. One of those theoretical things, like you know, I I'm troubled by nuclear power and don't want more nuclear power because I know in theory something could go wrong. But mm-hmm. then seeing seeing an actual uh, disaster unfold is really makes me more adamant about. Uh, about that, and one of my my arguments related to nuclear power is that the the pro nuclear people s- love to say, you know, oh, there's such a small chance of anything happening. There's such good safety now. There's such this and that. I I still say that even a point zero 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 one percent chance of a massive radioactive incident is too much. Well, if you can get the power other ways, then. Well, I mean. There's a lot of actual green people now promoting nuclear because we have to wean ourselves off the polluting yeah. aspects of coal. There are, and I, I, could, I could see even if I believed, if I believed that it was the only way to get us off of coal and off of uh, oil and such, I might even agree with them. But we've got renewable energy; renewables are ready. <laughs> well, this is a controversy even amongst the green movement. Yes, this mm-hmm. right here is a, a tree hugger survey. Tree huggers a website. And they asked um, four questions. Um, Has this crisis changed your view of nuclear power? No, I was always against it. No, I believe it is necessary and manageable. Yes, it has changed my opinion and other. So far, only 809 people have voted. But it's about even between no, I was always against it, and no, I still believe it is necessary and manageable. Just don't build it on top of a fault line. Hmm. And so, again, there were thirteen percent who said yes. It changed my opinion. That's just pretty significant. That is true. Most people it didn't change their opinion, but there were some. So, all right, let's get back to some. Let's see. You've seen this. You haven't seen this video. No. Okay. This right here is a video that Westland College, which is in Northern Illinois, right? Tell it straight about the need for Planned Parenthood. 
they have sex and they need Planned Parenthood. And it's a video um, basically asking and a, a lot of different students saying, you know, things about things that aren't talked about. Um, here are some choice bits. A young woman holding an I have sex sign. We want to stay educated and safe and plan for our future. Planned Parenthood costs $75 million. Tax breaks for oil company cost $2.5 billion. Cut corporate welfare, cut corporate entitlements, save Planned Parenthood. And so, I mean, they have a whole series of people holding up I have sex signs. <laughs> and the idea is the federal government, who allots about $75 million a year to Planned Parenthood, is planning to dr- drastically, you know, cut that. Even though, you know, $75 million for Planned Parenthood, $2.5 billion for the oil companies. Yeah. So. Well, that's, that's one of the things that aggravates me is that the other stuff that money is being spent on by the government. I understand, you know, when people say, I- I'm, I'm feeling the economic crunch. I don't want you spending my tax dollars on all these different programs. But if you're going to start cutting uh, government's programs, you don't start with the ones that are most essential to people who are most in need. You know, you start with... The, the, the corporate welfare programs where the companies that's the, the money is just going to people who have money anyway. <laughs> I think that's the place where you start uh, reducing government spending is spending that's going towards people who already have a bunch of money hmm. and can already take care of their own lives. And, th- and there actually is a bill in the U.S. House that will cut, you know, up to $40 billion in oil company subsidies over the next five years. Yeah. Well, see, them, that, that saves more than enough to uh, preserve uh, Planned Parenthood. <laughs> so. They, they, could, they could, you know, spend another $20 billion of that on social programs and still have a $20, $20 billion reduction in the, uh, the deficit. All right. What else do we want to talk about? Well, we can just do these two headlines and then get into what is today. <coughs> Did you know Frosted Frakes are sort of green? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wait a second. They're like covered with sugar. How are they green? Well, two 15-year-old Girl Scouts changed Kellogg's. What they did is they convinced Kellogg's. Well, Kellogg's announced this week that it is moving to limit the deforestation caused by the palm oil it used to make Frosted Flakes and all their other products. Basically, it was fifteen-year-old, two fifteen-year-old Girl Scouts from Michigan. So they actually had to, were doing a project on how orangutans were getting killed by growing palm oil, which was used in every one of Kellogg's products. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, I hope they got a merit badge for uh, protecting the environment. That's a pretty big, uh, pretty big step to Girl Scouts being able to change Kellogg's and their use of. Uh, destructive uh, palm oil. And while we're talking about Kellogg's... Yeah, speaking of Kellogg's, though, breakfast is not so great when your only option is frosted flakes. Uh, One in four children goes without breakfast each morning, according to the U.S. Department of Ag. Whoa. Uh, But are Kellogg's breakfast products the solution? Well, Kellogg seems to think so. (laughs) Uh, Last week, they announced a project called Share Your Breakfast... Uh, where they ask Americans to upload breakfast photos, and Kellogg is going to donate uh, up to $200,000. Which is a big whoop since they spend 
you know, almost $5 million a year on advertising. Yeah. And this is an advertising campaign. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what it is. For for the amount of money that Kellogg's moves around, this is basically like if you took like a, a quarter out of your pocket and said, you know, here, I'm giving you this quarter, and I, my name is Kellogg. I want you to remember me. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I, do, I do encourage, you know, big corporations to do things that are productive for the community but this just seems like an advertising well it is and it's they're advertising a product that actually is not healthy for kids you know well they're given two hundred thousand dollars worth of product right yeah because that's that's yeah and the product i mean isn't worth so i mean basically they're giving away product that will advertise their product yeah (laughs) because then once they have that food they're like oh yeah i want more kellogg's (laughs) all right today did you know that today is pecan day or pecan? What do you have under your bed? I have a pecan. Mm-hmm. Now that's old. That's an old joke. Uh, it's also a Tolkien reading day, so you can bust out that copy of Lord of the Rings and uh, by sometime next month you'll be done reading. <laughs> <laughs> I think next year. <laughs> today is the UN International Day of Remembrance of the Victims of Slavery and the Transatlantic Slave Trade. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Very important to remember. Yeah. Uh, it's also uh, Independence Day in Greece. All right. <laughs> and uh, Saturday is Earth Hour. Uh, people are turning off their lights for an hour to uh, bring awareness to the impacts of fossil fuel use and energy use and climate change. And this is an international movement that started in Australia. So Saturday is Legal Assistance Day. And make up your own holiday day. <laughs> yes. Uh, so whatever holiday you want it to be tomorrow, it gets to be that day. Let's see. Um, Just between you and me, you can make up your own holiday any day. But <laughs> this is a special day to do it, though. They actually, they actually have it on the schedule. So yeah, it's scheduled to make up your own holiday. So it's all, it's all proper and approved now. Saturday <laughs> is National Cherry Blossom Festival. Yeah. It might not happen here, but. There's definitely cherry blossoms out there. So, Also two literary birthdays, Robert Frost, the poet, and Tennessee Williams, the playwright. And Independence Day in Bangladesh. All right. Yes. Coming up on Sunday, uh, Education and Sharing Day. Uh, summer Daylight Savings Time over in Europe. Uh, they've got the Quirky Country Music Song Titles Day. Uh, it should be a fun day. A lot of those out there. And Sunday is summertime in the UK. Apparently, they have one day for summertime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it is kind of kind of rainy though over there. <laughs> um, Monday is um, Teachers' Day in the Czech Republic. Tuesday is Knights of Columbus Founders' Day, and National Mom and Pop Business Owners' Day. If you know a mom and pop business, I would say swing by there on Tuesday and give them some flowers, or you know, a hundred dollar bill. Huh. Probably more appreciated. Yeah, Wednesday is uh, Doctor's Day. Uh, it's also Grass is Always Browner on the Other Side of the Fence Day. Huh. <laughs> I guess that's a day to appreciate what you have on your side of the fence instead of looking over on the other side. And Wednesday's the the anniversary of the pe- patent for the pencil. Yes. Apparently, the pencil hasn't been around like forever. Oh, I thought it was always there. Yeah, me <laughs> too. I mean, uh, Vincent Van Gogh was born uh, on uh, the 30th of March. And so was uh, De Goya. Good day for the arts. Thursday is Bunsen Burner Day, Mule Day, and National Quote, She's Funny That Way Day. <laughs> and the anniversary of the 
Eiffel Tower. I almost said the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's crank through some local community happenings. Anything going on locally? (laughs) Well, um, on Fridays is International Coffee Hour every Friday from 3 to 5 at the Northwest Annex Building B, mixed with SIU students from all over the world. And then also on Fridays, the Rice and Spice International Slow Food Dinners. They're actually fairly popular. Yeah. And, um, well, this week we are celebrating the start of spring. Officially it has started. And then also International Meat Out Day. This will be led by Tree Song. Going to make up a bunch of scrumptious spring salads. Yes, and spring other salads sp- coming up. Lots of veggies. Yeah. <laughs> and it's sponsored by the Hollow Pumpkin Farm. They grow, well, a lot of veggies. So. They do. A lot of wonderful, tasty veggies at Hollow Pumpkin Farm there. And this Saturday, it's not. <laughs> but next Saturday, yeah, the first day of the farmer's market. April through November, the Farmer's Market is here every Saturday from 8 until noon. Get your veggies straight from the farmer. (laughs) Yes. We also have another Saturday happening. Uh, The Vigil for Peace is still going on. Uh, Unfortunately, eight years, right? Or are we on nine yet? (laughs) Uh, It's too many to count, sadly. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's about nine now, actually. They started right when... You know, the Iraq war was announced. Yeah. And so they've been out there doing a vigil and praying for peace. So, Yeah. N- yeah, it's noon to one at the uh, the Town Square Pavilion uh, over in downtown Carbondale. And then, again, Earth Hour is happening. Um, what is it, 8.30 to 9.30 or 8 to 9? You could do like a couple hours. Have a candlelit dinner with your um, family, your sweetie. Um, I was a couple years ago in Chicago on top of the, um, I just forgot, what's that really tall building uh-huh. that they have the observatory? Oh, uh, the Sears Tower? Um, isn't it the John Hancock? Oh, the Hancock, yeah. yeah. The John Hancock Observatory. So I was up there with a bunch of climate, I was there for a climate conference. And we were on top of that while they shut off the city. Oh, uh, yeah. It was just phenomenally amazing to see, literally, you could see the stars. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God, what are those things? That, that's pretty amazing. I don't think I really saw the stars until I came to Southern Illinois. <laughs> they, they didn't know they had them up in Chicago. <laughs> All right. There's, there's a new series of um, classes at the Guy House. We Can Be Heroes, Pop Culture as Modern Mythology, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. For more information, 529-1166. What's going to be the topic this week? Yeah, the topic coming up is going to be uh, classic mythology as it's represented in uh, modern pop culture. You know, stories of the ancient Greek gods and all that as they appear in uh, modern tales. It should be really fun. The intro session was fun. I'm looking forward to uh, next Tuesday, Tuesday at 7 p.m. And we have a few other things that are in the newsletter, but of course we didn't get to talk about everything. If you would like to, well, know the secret behind this stuff, stuff you must get on our newsletter. Our newsletter is sent out via email because we are a paper-free radio show. Yes, we are. <laughs> our email is info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Or you can email me at treesong at treesong.org to get on that or ask any other questions about the show. 
You want, may want to put radio in the title to be sure we know what you're contacting us about. And we would like to thank the people who have sent in stuff this week about happenings. Guess what? What? <laughs> I usually say go out, get into the woods, go do stuff. I you think I think this is your last chance to cuddle up with a book inside <laughs> and enjoy yourself. Yeah. Well, not don't enjoy yourself too much. Just enjoy the book and your cuddle chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, but ha- then get ready to have all sorts of fun in spring as the weather gets better, because I know it's coming. We got a taste of it over the past week. Did you did you drive down, uh, well, drive, Treesong doesn't drive. Did you go down the main street um, well, through Arbor District? All the trees oh, are yeah. completely and totally blooming, yeah, white and pink ones. This and is always the best time of year for that. Yeah, I've, I have gone down that street. It is wonderful. So many blossoms. So we'll see you here next week on the radio.